Welcome to the Unearthed Man Podcast, a journey becoming a conscious man, hosted by Milva. Hey all, Milva here, and welcome to episode 40 of the Unearthed Man Podcast. To kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we work and gather, and their continuing connection to land and waters. I pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. I pay tribute to the diversity of First Nations peoples of Australia and their ongoing culture. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, then welcome aboard. If you're one of my regular listeners, then welcome back. I really appreciate your ongoing support. So if you are looking to know more about The Unearthed Man, then you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'd like to thank Stephanos again for both his time and for sharing his journey with him last week. Stephanos is a man in demand, and for him to allocate 60 minutes of his time to a startup podcast like mine, it's a testament to the man that he is. And that man is someone who's willing to acknowledge where he is, where he's come from, the fact that he's still on a journey of discovery, yet knows where he's going. I'm looking forward to continuing to watch his journey. Up until now, all the guests on the Unearthed Man podcast, I've actually been men that I've actually known or followed on social media platforms in one form or another. And I was really familiar with them and their journey and the work they were doing. Having said that, I had to reach out to my last two guests, which in itself I saw as a big step forward in overcoming my own limiting beliefs and inner stories. To continue this journey, I stretched myself further. I signed up to a website called Podmatch, which enables you to either find podcasts that you'd like to be a guest on or find guests for your podcast. My guest today messaged me via Podmatch, indicating that he saw himself as a guest who had an alignment with the purpose of my podcast. My initial reaction was, fuck, what do I do now? I then followed my intuition. And that, was, and that worked well for me this year and messaged back. And now here we are. In introducing my guest, I had the choice of using his formal bio or his informal bio. In my style, I decided to run with the latter. So let's go the informal. So he grew up in a small town of Brantford, Connecticut, with a pretty normal family and a pretty ordinary life. If I had told him five years ago that he would be living in his Arizona and spending his time podcasting and coaching, he would have thought that I was crazy. The many twists and turns of his life led him to to dedicate himself to the goal of fulfilling his own potential and helping others do the same. He was tired of all the coaches and gurus out there who think they're God's gift to the world. He's not arrogant enough to think that he's not arrogant enough to think that way. He's far from perfect and still has much to learn. Or basically I think we all do. He knows, however, without a shadow of a doubt that his unique combination of life experience, personality traits and acquired skills make him obligated to help others in any way he can. People who know him describe him as infinitely curious, able to get along with anyone, easygoing, but ultra-competitive, logical, athletic, intellectual, and well-rounded. He would describe himself as an adventure seeker, closet nerd, seeker of knowledge, movie buff, travel addict, and creator. He's the host of the Not Most People podcast, which he created to help shift the way people think about success, life, and happiness. Welcome to the Un- Unearthed Man podcast, Bradley Roth. Hey, Brad, how are you? Doing great, especially after that interview. That was uh, or uh, intro that was one of the best intros I've ever had. So thank you. <laughs> no worries at all. I think it's uh, you know from what I've picked up just you know, again on the side, just just watching what you do and how you operate. It's uh, I think it's a very good uh, descriptor. And I think it was interesting as I was uh, I was going through it as well. I'm like, actually, there's a lot of traits in there that I have about you know the super competitive and you know over a period of time being athletic and, and a whole lot of stuff. And you know, I know for me. On my journey, I've been looking back going, hmm, that's good to be those things, but I wonder where they actually came from. What's that drive to be overly competitive and, you know, what sort of happened? So, um, and as, you know, as we had chatted before is, you know, this podcast is about 
talking about the journey and where we come from. And as we said, you know, you started in Connecticut, you're now doing this coaching business in, in Arizona. Um, so why don't we uh, take a step back and talk through, you know, what was your journey? What did that look like where you thought you, you grew up in, in a normal household? And I find that's an interesting term even these days, but what does that look like? And, you know, how did you land where you are? And, and, you know, what are some of the challenges that maybe you've had along the way? Oh man, where to start? Uh, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a journey, quite a unearthing, I guess you could say. Right. And yep. when I say normal family, I guess what I mean is from the outside looking in nothing too different or crazy, just kind of your standard middle-class family. Uh, you know, it was my parents. I had three little sisters. I was the oldest of four and, you know, my parents both came from massive families. My dad was one of nine. My mom was one of 17. Oh, wow. 17. So yeah, 17. Yeah. So our four was like small for them, but you know, to a lot of other people four was, you know, a decent size. Mm. And I grew up, uh, and my mom was very, uh, Catholic still is. And my dad is too, but my mom was kind of the leader in that area. And homeschooled us kind of from the beginning. So when I was younger, I was homeschooled. So that was kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's some benefits, but it wasn't really for me in a lot of ways. Uh, I played sports. I was in scouts, uh, you know, so I was out there. I was involved with these other, like other guys socially in that, but I really wanted to go to school, you know, cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to be like at home necessarily with my mom and my sisters. I want to be where all my friends are, they're all together all day, you know? And so it was kind of this little battle there back and forth that went on when I was younger. Uh, and so finally at the end of seventh grade, I went to eighth grade for a year at a small private high uh, middle school. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big transition. And then after that, just one year ended up going to an all guys high school, which again, right. I didn't necessarily want to be at. And, you know, that was uh, another interesting experience. And then, it was, so it was kind of like a lot of these big transitions, right? I went from homeschooling for seven years, one year of co-ed, small private school, all guys high school. That was very kind of like buttoned up, lots of rules. And then after that, I went to college at UConn, which is a big public school. So it was like, you know, went from kind of at home to a year of freedom to four years of in this private high school experience to like total freedom in college. And then after college back home to my parents' basement. So it was kind of like just this constant contrast and back and forth uh, of experiences. And so it was kind of like, it was a real roller coaster in a lot of ways. Uh, and I learned a lot about myself with each of those different experiences and with each, each of those transitions and but a lot of it, I learned kind of in hindsight, you know, like at the time when you're younger and you're going through these things, a lot of it's subconscious. You're not really like aware. You're not as introspective. You're not really like, you don't have that level of self-awareness that you start to get later on. You know, I wasn't really into any sort of personal development when I was younger. I mean, most kids really aren't obviously, but you're, you're busy with school and all that, but there were still certain, certain things that, uh, I knew about myself. I knew I was very curious uh, I knew I was not motivated to do things that I didn't see the purpose of or that I wasn't interested in. You yeah. know, like if there's a subject in school that I didn't really understand 
how I was ever going to use it in my life. I was like, what's the point of this? And yeah. so I was always questioning. I was always very logical. Still am a very logical person. Um, and kind of carried that with me through these different experiences. And I always question things. And a lot of times, especially when you're in kind of these certain environments, right? Private high school, and there's a lot of these rules and regulations. And I would ask, why is that? why is that the rule? And a lot of times the answer would be because we say so, or, you know, because we know better. And I'm like, that's not really, that's like a non-answer, you know, like that, that, that's not enough. That doesn't satisfy me. Yeah. And yeah. so those sort of experiences kind of stacked over time. And so I became more and more kind of questioning and kind of, uh, let me, let me run things through my own filter, uh, more as time goes on. So I got out of school. I went to, um, I went to college for strength and conditioning. I loved working out growing up. I was an athlete. I did sports. I was competitive. That's kind of who I was. Like, I don't want to say I was totally one dimensional, but that was kind of who I was. That's what I felt back on. And outside of that, I didn't really have a lot of interests or skills or anything like that. And yep. So I get out of school, I go and I start uh, coaching at a CrossFit gym. So I'm doing group coaching. I'm doing one-on-one coaching. And that was a great experience. I learned a lot. Uh, it really helps me get over my massive, crazy fear of public speaking I had my whole life, okay. uh, which was a big leap. And so I spent five years there and I, you know, originally I said, Oh, this is going to be my career. I'm going to own the gym one day. I'm never, I'm going to be in fitness forever. You know, I loved it. And, yep. um, it served as my competitive outlet, you know, post-college, right. CrossFit is a very competitive kind of area yeah, of yep. fitness. And, yep. uh, so I was doing that. And so again, this is my early twenties, kind of trying to figure things out, right. The game of life and I'm coaching and it's very part-time because the gym I went to was already pretty much fully staffed. I was just kind of very persistent until they gave me, gave me a shot. And so I had a handful of hours, uh, the hourly was good, but it was just, it wasn't enough. So I started to look around. I'm like, well, I don't really want to work at a different gym. I like, I'm used to this gym and that sort of thing. So maybe I can do something else to kind of complement it and make a little more money. So, but I, again, I was like coming back to before I was like, man, what else do I know? What am I good at? I'm like, nothing really. <laughs> uh, and so, but I didn't want to work. I, I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew from a young age that I was like, I'm not going to work a nine to five desk job. Yeah. You know, where there's, you got to punch in, punch out, be at this, day and time, do the same thing every day. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, what can I do kind of from scratch? And I jumped into real estate. I went, I got my real estate license because, you know, I was a little naive. They promised me the world. Oh yeah. You'll make so much money your first year as a realtor and yeah. that sort of thing. And, uh, I very quickly learned that wasn't the case. Um, <laughs> I think if I went back today being a totally different person, which again, I'll get it, I'll touch on I would do very well. But at that time, you know, I, I didn't really understand marketing sales, how to structure my time, like yep. any of those kind of necessary skills. And so, you know, they said, Oh, you're, you're going to get a mentor and you're going to be with our top person when you get in and I get in and there's no one to be found. It's like, figure it out. on your own. Oh. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was a fun experience. Uh, and I, I started to kind of get it after a couple of years. And then I did have, I kind of had like a really bad experience that where 
um, just kind of due to not really knowing a certain regulation. So like a friend that I was working with ended up kind of getting in this tricky situation and just really left a bad taste in my mouth, you know? Right, okay. And yeah. also over that time I had gotten into, yeah, over that time I'd gotten into network marketing a little bit. Cause again, that was something else you kind of just jump right into. So yeah. I learned, so I picked up a few skills from that as well. Some sales skills and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of like starting to develop things outside of just the gym mm-hmm. and my need to get better at sales and marketing leads me to, oh, maybe I should read a couple books, you know, because <laughs> I haven't read any sort of personal development books or business books or anything like that. And yep, yep. so that kind of one thing led to another. Um, I discovered the idea of entrepreneurship, which I literally I didn't know what the word was until I was like 23, 24, probably. And so I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, and again, freedom was like my number one value still is. Yep. So I said, wow, that'd be cool. And so I started to kind of get intrigued. And, uh, you know, again, as a byproduct of having to learn sales and marketing and some of these basic skills, it all tied in with mindset and that sort of thing. And yep. so I started to like dive into these things and, you know, having some of those failures, you know, with the real estate and mm-hmm. different things started to kind of get in my head. I started to develop some limiting beliefs. It's up until that time. I was like, uh, I don't want to say I was naive, but like you have no fears or fear of failure until it happens. Right. And yeah, that's right. Yep. So, yeah. And so it started to get in my head. And then that's when I kind of took a little bit of a deeper dive. And I read a Tony Robbins book for the first time back in 2017. And that just like, the amount of light bulb moments I had reading that I was like, wow, like this is, this is amazing. And so I went to one of his events. Uh, I convinced my now fiance, my girlfriend at the time to, uh, to go and first she thought I was a little bit nuts, but then we went and, uh, that was, that was definitely kind of one of those really big turning points in my life. Um, mm. and that really jumpstarted my obsession with understanding psychology and communication dynamics and, and limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff. Like I just kind of geeked out on it. And I was like, man, this is like so useful for me. And I know it's useful for so many other people too. And so that's what kind of really jump started my personal development journey to like a different level. Okay. And yep. at that time, uh, you know, my fiance, she's a nurse. And so we said, let's do the travel nurse thing. You know, we had lived in Connecticut, uh, in New Jersey for our whole lives. And we said, let's do travel nursing. So we'll spend three months here, three months there and bounce around the country for a couple years. And I was like, well, I can't work at the gym remotely. I can't do real estate remotely. So what am I going to do? And so I took a social media marketing course and I said, I'm going to start my own social media marketing business. And I'm going to have all, all these clients signing up right away. And of course, it didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> you know, I, I got a couple, but, uh, yeah. but at, at, at the end, like in hindsight, everything's, everything happens the way it's supposed to be. If I probably, I, I would have been even more in over my head than I already was. And so for about three years from 2018 until earlier this year, I was like, that's what I did. It was online marketing. So it started with social media, kind of pivoted more towards Facebook ads. And then from there towards uh, chat bots and chat 
marketing and Facebook messenger stuff. So, you know, over those few years, I was kind of, you know, I was trying everything. I was trying to figure it out. I'm doing personal development along the way, trying to work on my business from scratch, like totally bootstrapping, no backup plan. Like I dove off the deep end as much as you could. If I had, I already had debt. I had no savings. I had no backup plan. It was just like, you know, figure it out. (laughs) And so in hindsight, I probably wouldn't do it that way, uh, obviously, but I'm here now. I'm still alive. And uh, I've learned a lot through that experience. And, you know, during that time, me and my fiance have been uh, together over six years now and we're engaged. We'll be married next year. And, you know, she always had the steady nursing income and I was over here really trying to figure it out financially. So she was kind of like that stable, um, stable presence in that sense. Yep. And I was always like, again, all these online gurus are like, Oh, you know, take this course. You'll be making 10 K next month. And all, you know, all these kind of big promises. And I fell for it for a long time. And I was like, Oh, don't worry, babe. Like six months from now, we'll be here. We'll be here. And you know, six months would come and I'd be like, man, it's, it's not working. Six months would pass again. And so there was a lot of like, frustration and tension and things we had to work through there. And Mm. it was also my first serious relationships since high school. Uh, So I had to kind of really learn what it meant to be in like a real adult relationship. That was was kind of new for (laughs) for me and for her as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that um, like a lot of those disagreements and misunderstandings and and that sort of thing uh, you wouldn't really bring up you know, because we didn't really yeah. know how to handle it and we didn't yep. want to hurt each other's feelings. And so a lot of times we would kind of bottle it up and push it down and try to ignore it. And then eventually it bubbles up and it comes out in an uglier way. And yes. so, you know, for several years, we were kind of in this, like, I don't even know what to call it. Like we had a, a great relationship, but it was also kind of like, there were certain things that were always there that needed to be dealt with that, you know, we were on different pages with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then about two years ago, um, again, I'm still going through spending a lot of time on personal development, stuff like that. I came across this book called The Way of the Superior Man by yes. David Tida. Yeah. Great book. You probably read it. Uh, great book. I've read it. I and, love the and, book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. And I listened to that and that was kind of like the Tony Robbins book. It was another one that was just light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. And I said, wow, like there's so, I, I had, no real understanding of masculinity and what that meant. And there's so many things that I've been doing wrong. And now her behavior makes sense. And my behavior makes sense. And, you know, I got to shift this and that. And from there, our relationship kind of like started a different trajectory, understanding those things. And, you know, that kind of coincided with, um, you know, it talks a lot about purpose and how masculinity men need to be strong in their purpose. Right. And yes. And really a purpose, your purpose should come above almost all things. Um, and I think for a long time with my marketing business that I was in and kind of like struggling along, I was very stubborn and I had this mindset that, Oh, if I quit, then I'm a failure or I failed at this and that's embarrassing or, you know, that, that sort of thing. And I was thinking with my logical brain and not my gut because my gut knew that where I needed to be long-term was in the personal development and coaching space and connecting with people on an individual level versus like B2B 
type stuff. And so I kind of had this in the back of my head and I think that really started to align me with my purpose, which came along a little bit later. So last year, uh, not most people was this idea that I had in my head for man, maybe like three years now. At first it came into my head from reading all of, again, when I started to get into personal development, I was reading stuff from entrepreneurs, from all these people who I consider to be highly successful and everything that they're saying is like totally different than everything I've been taught by like society and school my whole life. Yes. And so yep. me being kind of that, yeah, being that person who kind of questions things and, said, and I said, huh, this isn't really lining up from everything I've ever been taught. Maybe everything I've ever been taught or kind of like that the majority preaches isn't necessarily the answer. And that that small majority that's not most people is who I want to be. And so that's where the idea of not most people kind of came from. Um, like if I were to sum it up, it's, you know, most people aren't really healthy. Most people aren't really wealthy and most people aren't really happy. So why would you want to copy or think or be like most people, right? It's just yeah. kind of like common logic when you look at it that way. But so this idea was in my head. Um, it was kind of a vague idea. I hadn't really like defined it. And so it's just been sitting there. I didn't know what it was going to be. I certainly didn't think it was going to be a podcast. That was the furthest thing from my mind because Again, I kind of gotten over my public speaking, you know, in a coaching setting. Uh, but I was like, I'm not going to put my voice out there for like the public to hear. I was like, that's crazy. You know, even though I wanted to, like I had this desire. I was like, I know I have important things I want to say and share. But I was like, every time I listened to my voice recorded back, I was like, I cringe. I was like, I can't listen to it. It's so... I was like, oh, I'm so flat and nasally and monotone and all these things. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way like I'm I'm going to like put stuff out there sounding like that unless I get like voice lessons or who knows what. But, you know, I started I was listening to podcasts and I had a couple I really liked. And, uh, you know, last year I, I got into this group called the Arate Syndicate. It's a big um, entrepreneur mastermind led by a couple of really big guys Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, if you've heard of them. Uh, and I got into there and I saw that a lot of people in that group, like dozens of them had their own podcasts. Mm. And so I said, huh, maybe like, so podcasts aren't just for like the super wealthy or like celebrities, you know? And I went on a couple, I got invited onto one as a guest to talk about marketing. And I think it lasted literally like 16 minutes, but it felt like forever because I was nervous and I was like, Again, I was kind of like in fake it till I make it mode with the market, like the chatbot stuff I was doing at the time. So, and I was nervous. And so I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I want to do any more. I got invited to, to another one. This one was more about kind of the journey and entrepreneurship and mindset and stuff like that. I get on and, and an hour plus later, we're still rolling. And yeah. like, kind of felt like I hit a little bit of flow and got off of that. And I was like, okay, that was awesome. Like I'm going to start a podcast. Not most people's going to be a podcast. And this was back. This was just last November. It feels like forever ago, but I said, I'm going to start this podcast and I'm still going to do my marketing stuff. And then eventually when I sell, like sell that or see that through or whatever, then I can go and do my coaching stuff that I really want to do. And I start the podcast. I said, oh, I'm going to launch by January. You know, it took me till mid-March as you know, there's a lot that goes into it to do it well. Yes. And yeah, and it, 
you know, got off to a pretty good start uh, because podcast. And so I got off to a good start. I got some really good guests early on. Uh, you know, I was lucky with that. And so it starts to kind of, you know, really get some momentum and some positive feedback, like even more so than I got like in the first month or two, I got more positive feedback from that than I had in like three years with the marketing stuff. So I was like, I found myself spending more and more time and energy on that and less yeah. and less on that. So I was like, okay, this is giving me energy. This is kind of like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. And so I said, actually Andy Frisella, one of the leaders of the group uh, on one of the kind of private calls, he said, you know, someone asked him like, can you do two ventures at once? And he said, if they're different, like two different things, no, you can't. But if there's overlap, then you can kind of get away with it. And so I said, okay, even though the podcast and the coaching I want to do aren't directly related, there's some more overlap there. So I'm going to finally listen to kind of my gut instead of my logical brain and make the jump and go. And I'm like, I'm going to be, I know this is where I'm going to be long-term anyways. Why not make the switch sooner than later? And mm. so I decided to, um, to go all in basically and put the marketing stuff kind of over here and package it away and go all in on the podcast and, uh, and the coaching. And you know, I was like, well, what, co- what kind of coaching do I want to do? I have the health and fitness background. You know, I could do health coaching. I was like, there's so much of that out there right now. Uh, you know, you open up Instagram and every other person's like a health coach yeah. <laughs> or just kind of your generic life coach. And I, and I had learned in marketing that, you know, for a long time, I fought niching down and tried to be everything to everyone. So I knew I had to niche down. Mm. That was a lesson I learned the hard way. And so, you know, relationships were something that I looked around and again, over the past year and a half or so, two years, ever since I read that book and we started to kind of treat our relationship differently. It kind of went to another level and all these things I was seeing other people deal with, well, especially entrepreneurs. I was like, okay, we've been through that. We figured that out. We dealt with that same issue. Yeah. So I can help people combining my experience with all this stuff that I've been learning the last few years about psychology and all of that. And so I kind of decided to niche down into working with and there's also a lot of stuff out there for people who are single and want to date and stuff, but there's not as much for people who are in relationships yes. other than like therapy. Right. Yep. And so, um, and so I said, I want to work with people who are in long-term relationships who are, or at least one of them is an entrepreneur because yep. Yep. that comes with its own challenges. And there's not a lot out there specifically for that. And that's also so like these high performing entrepreneurs. Those are also, they're not to sound like shallow, but those are the people who are going to be paying for coaches and see the value in coaching. Mm. And so that's who I want to work with. Um, so <laughs> here I am now. So that's my very long answer to your question, but <laughs> hopefully that provides uh, some solid context and, and all that. Uh, look, th- thanks for sharing. I mean, that that's just all the way through that. Um, I felt like I just could have been sitting in a mirror looking at myself, you know, like through the whole thing. So, you know, all the way back to your story, like people looking on the outside into my family growing up was we had this perfect family, you know, dad, school teacher, mum working in, you know, the bank. And, you know, we always had everything we wanted and everything else. You know, 
brought up a Catholic family, went to Catholic primary school, secondary school, you know, and then I went and joined the, the uh, workforce and everything else. But the key thing that kept running that whole thing was, and, and I love the, you know, um, you know, not, not the most, you know, basically I'm, I'm really down on that. Uh, and it's similar to the message with a guy, when I know, I know Trevor Bohm, who's got man uncivilized, um, when, when I'm reflecting now, just in the conversation, and this is why I like having these conversations. Like I, I sit there and I listen and I reflect and I'm like, I was quite a polarizing person through school. And I think it was because I just felt different. I wasn't, I was never indoctrinated. I always questioned. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Like why, why can't I wear like a, um, like when we're at school, you know, like the astrology symbols, right? I'd have a Libra on a chain. And in a Catholic school, you couldn't wear it, right? Because it was seen to be believing a God outside of their God. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know, and so there's all this stuff that I felt I would question all the way about that can't be right. And even through my working career, you know, probably the one of the things that, you know, um, a lot of the guys I work with like me for, but also may struggle with is I will question everything, anything and everything, because it doesn't sound right. And so now where I am today, I feel so much more comfortable because I was rejecting that side of me because I felt I had to fit into society and I had to be the people pleaser and, and I couldn't upset my parents and I couldn't upset my brothers and I couldn't upset these people because, you know, we had to be this, this still this perfect family and everything else. And now like, you know, now I'm in a position of, you know, and maybe, you know, I'm old enough now not to give a fuck as well, which is probably handy, but you know, like... I sit there and go, no, no, like I can be, I cannot be like society. I can be uncivilized. I can actually be and go, I can be undoctrinated. I can look at all the things that are going around the world from a critical mind. I can still accept you for who you are and that's your choice. But I can now see the the difference. And it's a really um, almost freeing space to live in. There's a level of freedom that comes in, um, and you touched on, on a couple of times, which I loved because I'm the same. Like I'm a, I'm a, um, it program manager by trade. Right. So I am process driven. I'm logical driven. You know, I have to sit in my head in all those roles and I have this dichotomy of, I'm now a really open, loving, compassionate person. And so you, you're constantly going between your head and your heart and your head and your heart. Um, and as I said in the intro, every time in the last 12 months where I've listened to my heart, I've not been wrong. Every time my head's questioned where I've got to go, I've actually ended up in the wrong position and it's been out of alignment with where I wanted to go. So I'm now like, if my heart's telling me to reach out to a person, I'm just going to reach out to them. Now, if they choose to say no, or if it's not in alignment or the right time, then that's okay. But at least I followed my gut feel, you know, and, and, and start to do more uh, and, and more and more of that in that space. Um, so I, I don't want to sort of spend too much time, but I'm just sitting there just going, yep. I'm with you. I feel you. I like I feel every part of that step that you went through. Um, you know, for me, I started the podcast uh, June last year, so I'm not far, you know, further advanced than where, where you are. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing I did. I come off the back of doing a weekend course, did a whole lot of breath work. Um, I, and I've said this a number of times on the podcast, I felt the, what was I, what I call the demon of anger, leave my body like literally felt this thing that had sat in my body for years, just pack up and move out. I'm just telling it to fuck off and it just fucked off. Right. And I've never felt so peaceful and calm since it was an amazing experience. Then I did, you know, levels of coaching after that, you know, again into 
what I call the stuff we're doing, I don't necessarily call self-development, right? What I, because for me, the self-development, I feel, is still very aligned to a doctrinated point of view. Getting men to talk into some of the vulnerabilities and getting men to, to go back and look at their traumas and everything else, I, I see it unpacking slightly different to the standard life coaching, corporate life coaching practice, right? And so in going through that, the one thing that came up is, you know, what's my one thing? Like, what's the one thing for me to focus on and do? And the podcast just kept calling. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to run this podcast. And with two limiting beliefs. One, at best, I might be able to do 13 episodes, you know, last year. And two, why would men even want to come on and talk to me on my podcast? Like, that was the other thing that I raised. And then you realize that that was just a limiting belief. And, and so, you know, in the world of the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. And if you open up the space, men will want to, men will come along the journey and be comfortable to tell the story. Um, and my motto of my podcast is, you know, the right message will hit the right person at the right time. So, you know, ultimately, if, you know, in, in just doing a podcast, if one person, and I may ever, never, never know that that happened to a person, because as you know, in the podcast world, it goes out to the ether. You get some stats back to say it's in X amount of countries and it's in X amount of cities, but you don't know who that person is. You don't know whether they're male, female, or anything else. You just know that someone that, that has listened. And um, for me, that's awesome, by the way. Um, and, and, and yeah, and if that one person, be it in Europe or the US, got a message out of it and that made them just think slightly differently or, may, or make them go, oh, I'm not alone. Like it's such an amazing, like I like to feel that someone actually just has that deep breath and go, fuck, it's just not me. You know, um, as you say, I'm not most people. <laughs> like I, I'm in this different position. And, and so that's why I love doing, you know, what we do. Um, yeah, I've done a little bit of coaching on the side and I've run some programs on the side as well. Um, and I'm in that position now between, when do I make that transition? What does that actually look like? Um, I actually enjoy my job that I do during the day and it's actually good fun and I get to work with people. So I feel I can infiltrate within the corporate environment by just being who I am and people noticing that and actually then being curious about, geez, like you don't give a fuck or you're pretty open or you, you talk about love all the time. Like how, what's, how's that shit work in the corporate environment, right? And, you know, people, you know, people will come to you and, and I'm finding that like people will come and like, um, you know, just opening up and giving hugs. Like I was giving hugs in a corporate environment, people going, hang on, what the fuck? Like we don't, like we're meant to be, you know, robots. <laughs> right, especially as a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, you know, and, and so just recently I've actually, first time I've been asked to go and talk on behalf of a corporate company at their um, town hall. Um, we, I think it's around the world, isn't it? Are you okay day? I think it's a global thing. Um, you know, they wanted to be more than a day. So they've said, you know, hey, we know you're doing this stuff. Can you come and talk at, you know, 10, 10 to 15 minutes about men's health and about, you know, what you do and your initiative and why it's important to be vulnerable and, you know, and just give unconditional love. And so, yes, yeah, so that's a really big step for them, but that's also pretty cool as well, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, back to you. Um, <laughs> so I do want to un unpack a few sorts of things. I really, I do want to take a bit back because, you know, I know where you're at now and you did, you did touch on the fact that you were going to talk about, you know, more the person that you have become than, you know, as you said, you went through that journey of homeschooling, then into a co-ed and then into the, you know, the boys school and then out to college. And 
there's a lot of stuff that takes place with us around conditioning and, as you said, your self-beliefs and everything else. Um, so what what sort of things have you put into place or what have you done to, you know, go back and revisit that part and sort of have a look to, you know, have a conversation back with, you know, that potentially confused child or that confused boy that was going through that journey? I mean, we know where you've landed now, but, you know, to be honest, we always have to go back and actually almost say to them, hey, you know, I get you, but this is where we're at. What, what have you done in that space, um, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like when I started getting into the Tony Robbins stuff, it allowed me to start to retrace a lot of those things to say, oh, okay, I'm like this way now because of this in my childhood right. Or because my relationship with this parent or, you know, this activity or the people I was around. And so it's like, the more you come to understand beliefs and fulfilling needs and like the why, like I'm always obsessed with the why of why we do things, why people do things Mm -hmm. like that. Just that basic why question opens up so much. If you kind of understand those principles right. And those patterns and like, like almost everything we do is conditioned or learned behavior because at some point in our life, it got us something we wanted or helped us avoid pain. Right. So everything we do is either to gain pleasure or avoid pain. Right. And so you learn that, Oh, okay. Like I did, I acted this way in order to get love from this parent when I was young or to make friends. Right. Or I didn't do this because I was afraid of getting hurt or this person's opinion. Right. And so you can kind of like retrace all these things back to them. Right. And you start to understand like why I was quiet, why I'm, you know, not very good at sharing my emotions, you know, I've gotten way, way better at it, but like that was something, you know, to deal with kind of this conflict, some conflicts I had with my mom growing up in these disagreements to avoid conflict, I would just kind of bottle it up and push it down. Right. Which I know a lot of guys can really resonate with. And, and so when you get older and then you get into a relationship and they're like, well, why can't you share how you're feeling? And that sort of stuff. It's like, well, shit, I don't know how to, (laughs) cause I never did, you know, and, or you learn that like, this is how I deal with pain, like internally. And so it's really, it can be really difficult to break those habits and patterns that you've been doing for years subconsciously. And so it's really just kind of like doing that deep inner work, um, you know, and, and just being curious. I mm. find that almost everything I learn comes just from just being curious and not being afraid of finding the answer. I think, you know, luckily, I, I don't think I had anything in my life compared to some people out there that was extremely traumatic growing up. It was kind of like a lot of slow drip, a lot of really kind of like those type of things, like over a long period of time. You know, I was never like, you know, assaulted or had severe trauma or lost anyone real close to me or anything like that. Um, but everyone's got their own stuff, right, on different levels. And so it's a matter of just being willing to kind of like look into that and and say, kind of retrace it because if you can understand where it came from, then it's a lot easier to kind of correct that or just mm-hmm. that awareness. Like next time you start behaving a certain way, you're like, oh, I'm recognizing this 
pattern. I got to turn it off or turn this on and that sort of thing. And so I know it all sounds kind of vague, but it's really just building awareness, learning about yourself. And, you know, so reading books, listening to podcasts, taking courses, going to events, interacting with people like you and other people who are like-minded and that sort of thing. Like you're just constantly uncovering uh, stuff about yourself and about others and about the world. Um, and it just constantly becomes clearer and clearer and more, more conscious. So is that shift from like subconscious when you're growing up, all these things to conscious. Now it's like almost everything I do. Sometimes I can dig a little too far into my head and become like almost to where I'm like overthinking, obviously, like I'm a, I'm a thinker. I spend a lot of time in my head. Like the internal dialogue is always a thousand miles an hour, hard to shut off, hard to sleep, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, that's, you know, that, that awareness, that consciousness. Now it's like, I'm so much more able to make snap decisions or know what to do or what not to do. Or when I'm exhibiting, like you just have so much more control, you know, over, over your mind. And, you know, sometimes that's, it can be too much, but most of the time that's a good thing. And, um, it's so interesting that like, when I look even five years ago, when I was like working at the gym full time, and that was my life outside of like that area, I knew very little about myself consciously. Mm. I knew I was an athlete. I knew I liked to coach people. I knew certain things I wanted in life, others I didn't, but the vast majority was like so untouched, so uncovered that I had to kind of like dig, dig up or develop these other parts. Right. It's like, uh, it's almost like I've been doing like calf raises my whole life and I had these jacked calves, but I didn't develop any other muscles, Yeah, but yeah. they're all there and like they're hiding and they're, you know, it's like everyone has a six pack on there and you have all these different parts and it's, it's not creating new ones. Like you're not creating new parts of yourself. You're just bringing them out and developing them. And so people think it's really easy to think that these things don't exist within you. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. This is what I was gifted. I can't develop this habit talent or skill or whatever. And that's probably the biggest like blanket limiting belief out there is that, and it's that classic fixed mindset we hear about is that like where I am now and who I am now is the way that it is. And that's like the furthest thing from the truth. Like even a year ago, if you told me that I was going to be podcasting and coaching or like three years ago, if you told me if like two or three years ago, if you told me about that, I was like, I don't even know what this stuff means or like what that is, you know? And so it's just constantly like pushing forward, finding these new things. And, you know, if I hadn't gone to that Tony Robbins event, I hadn't started reading books. If I hadn't gone and failed at real estate, if I hadn't done this and that and the other thing, I would have never probably ended up where I am now, Mm -hmm. which is now I finally feel like, okay, I like turned just turned 30. Like I'm just now after like the last five years of just totally total trial and error, trying different things, learning about myself. Like I'm just now getting to that point where I'm feeling really aligned. I'm like, okay, this is where, like, I finally feel, it finally feels right. Like when we talk about that gut, like we talk about following what feels right. And so many people give up way before they're able to figure that out. And so it's making that decision that like, I'm going to 
never settle because society, a lot of people around you, a lot of people who are dragging you, like they want you to settle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do. And there's, I can't even tell you how many times I was like this close to doing that myself to give it up and say, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go get a job like, to heck with this. This is never going to work. I'm not cut out for this. You know, the, the amount of like negative self-talk in my head, like I could write a book about probably, but, um, but it's just hanging on. It's hanging on and just continuing to like move forward. And like the person I was a year ago, totally different than I am now the year before that totally different. And that change is going at an exponential rate. Like who I am now versus six months ago is probably the amount of difference between who I was at 21 and like 26. Yeah. You know, like, amount I changed in those like five years. Now that amount of change then became like in the next two, then the next year. And now it's like six months. And now it's like every like two months, it's like, I'm boom, another level, another level. And so like you become better exponentially faster. Um, and you start to uncover those things faster and faster. So it's just a matter of like getting through that, right. It's like you push in the boulder at first. It's like that inertia, like to get things moving. Mm-hmm. And then once you do it and you get momentum, it just moves faster and faster. Yeah. And, uh, so I know I'm just kind of, I could go on and on and I probably did for a while, but, uh, uh I, I mean, it's like people just, you got to make the decision that like, I made the decision. I don't know when I made it exactly. I can pinpoint it, but that I see people out there who are living these dream lives, like the lives that I want. And that's where I'm going. And like, if there's anything less than that, like, screw that. Like, I don't want that. And yeah. so I made that decision that like, that's, that's the bar. That's the standard. I don't know when I'm going to get there or how or what, but that's where I'm going. And if I ever say like, oh yeah, I'll just settle for this, you know, nine to five and not have what I want, do what I want and be what I want, like screw that. And I think eventually the majority of people, most people kind of settle and that's, yes. that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. Nah, and I love exactly what you're saying. Um, there's a few things in there as well. You know, like the one thing that I've learned, you know, uh, exactly what you're talking about, you know, with, you know, men not being willing to share and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I still see people who, who, you know, are in the self-development thing, but they're sort of still externalizing and blaming, you know, I am who I am because of my parents and, and these sorts mm-hmm. of things. Like the reality is that's, that's just stuff that took place. And if you learned how you are today, you can learn someone else tomorrow, like, because it's just learned behavior. Now, as you said, some of the things that took place with you, there may not have been a specific trauma, but there was a slow burn learn over a period of time. No, not like, you know, sends four years of college or whatever else. Like it's a slow burn learn and you come out and you can do some things. The, for me, the good thing I love about this is that, that, you can undo the slow burn learn very rapidly purely by acknowledging it, understanding it, and then saying, I choose not to be like that moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, there's a saying that goes around and one of the other guys in the podcast said this, you know, hurt people, hurt people. But if you've learned over a period of time to be the person that hurts others, others. you can learn to be the person that loves others. It's the same thing. You just choose now to just, give love and actually love other people. And we can change that. So as you say, 
people look at it and go, you know, an old dog, you can't try, you know, do tricks and all these sorts of things. Like I'm in my fifties now and I am definitely not the person now in my, my growth as an individual, as a conscious individual in the last two years has exceeded the last 50 years by immense amounts, right? I am not the person that I was now. It didn't take 50 years for that to change. It just was a, a recognition of, okay, that took place in my life. Am I attached to it anymore? I don't have to attach to it. I don't have to label myself that way. I don't have to see myself that way anymore. I can see this person where I'm heading. Um, and then the last point that you touched on is exactly that whole, we become who we see ourselves to be. You know, I, I'm a big believer now in energies and vibrations and how we actually operate and what we call in and the level of people that we attract. So, you know, and I know Tony Robbins and all these people say, you know, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with or the books you're reading or whatever you want to pull that, you know, that, that piece. So if you want to be this person, then just fundamentally own it, have the vision for it. And then everything you do in your life is actually pointed towards that piece and it will happen for you. You know, it'll come along for you and that life will take place. People will start to appear in your life that you didn't realize came into your life. Whereas if you had a different mindset, you know, the people who are always the victim and the people who are always living that, you know, I've had a traumatic and I'm this and this will always be a victim. They'll always get the traffic fine. They'll always get pulled over by the police. They'll always have something happening in their life that they felt was so thing because that's exactly how they see themselves. And, and that's what I would try to talk to people about now. It's like, that's who you were up until now. And I, I really love that term, you know, up until now, because that's such a baseline in, you know, line in the sand defining point. You don't have to be that person any further. Sure, some of those traits are going to drop back in. And there's points where we're going to all drop back into the, our head and our limiting self-beliefs and our level of scarcity. But the conscious person can recognize that that trait's kicking back in again. And then you go, ah, gotcha. Yeah, thanks for that. Not today, ego. Like, remember we're on this new path and we're heading down here like you can fuck off mate like you know yeah i love who you were but you know like we're now in this different path and and that's what i love now living into this space and and i love you know um you know by the way i'm looking forward to when your book comes out because i think as you're right like you've (laughs) talked about the book so i I believe you're actually going to go write one i mean why not i mean you know yeah i've talked about that you plan on writing books in the future yes beautiful love it you know um, and, and what I love is, you know, age isn't a different thing. I mean, you know, I look at someone like yourself, the conversations you're having with your partner at, you know, six years in, but you're about to get married, having that level of conversation with your fiance and that now is so huge because you've already will create the next generation, the next generation of conscious minded kids who aren't going to be indoctrinated who aren't going to be the same as anyone else who aren't going to be civilized you know um they're not going to be the most right they're going to actually be the not they're they're in the not category and that's such a beautiful thing to be and and this is what i want this is what i'm seeing is that the more men who are stepping into this as you touched on earlier like stepping and going oh fuck that's what masculine energy is like that's that's what being grounded is all about that's what that's that's where my partner is going to trust me because I'm not wishy washy. I'm not I'm not you know like a a you know a bubble that gets blown that could burst at any point in time. As soon as the wind comes on, it goes pop. You know I'm flaky. 
you know, like women at the very essential area of energy, women want to be able to push that guy, fucking push him and push him and push him. And if the guy falls over, they go, fuck it, I'm out. I can't trust you. Like energetically, I can't trust you. But the guy goes, push me. I'm still here. here. Like I'm here. I'm I'm grounded. I know my purpose. I know where I'm going. I know what our relationship is like. I, I know where I'm heading and I'm solid as a rock. They're going to, because that allows them not to have to be masculine. That allows yeah. them to be feminine. That allows them to be creative, to have the flow. And then we can tap into that flow as men. Like we can then leverage off that ourselves. And, you know, the more men that start to get into that space, like I'm like, Fuck yes, let's go. Like, <laughs> how do we create, you know, more and more men and think that? And so for me, I sit here and just go, fuck, that's great. There's another guy who hasn't had kids yet. And when they have the kids, beautiful. The next part of the next generation is getting covered off. And, you know, I think that's just an awesome space to be in. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh, man, there's so much that you said that I could kind of jump off on. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, you talk about kind of being indoctrinated and all this stuff. And yeah, it comes down to like, especially we could go, we could go down the rabbit hole and all the kind of stuff going on in the world today. Right. About being not most people and thinking for yourself and questioning things and all this. And it's, it's about learning and teaching how to think versus what to think Mm. is what it comes down to. And that's the one thing that I think whether it's parents or school teachers or whatever, whoever there's, it's so much more powerful to teach people to question, to think for themselves, to have their own ideas rather than here's the truth because we say so. Right. And that's becoming something with, I think all the political correctness going on right now and all that, that's becoming really difficult because it's oh if you are different if you're not most people if you have a different opinion than the narrative or whatever then you get mentally verbally attacked you know and then mm. and then we talk about patterns you learn that oh if i speak out i'm going to feel some pain and i don't want to feel that pain so i'm going to stop expressing i'm going to go along right and that's just kind of i guess my mini rant on kind of some of that stuff that's going on but yeah it's it's that ability and it ties into that masculinity like you're talking about like you can't be moved like not just by your woman but by anyone by society like you are that mountain that rock and everything else is you know wind whatever that can pound you you know your lady is kind of the water that flows around you and and you don't move you don't go anywhere and that's like that's what it's about and that that was like when I talk about those big light bulb moments that were happening for me, when I started reading the way of the superior man, like that was it. I was like, Oh man, like when we're arguing, I go down into my shell and I contract instead of being the rock strong, like not going to be swayed even no matter what she does. Right. And like, just that little thing changes everything. And, you know, cause she knows that like, I've always been kind of stoic, I guess in that way, but, take it to another level. And I was conscious of it. I was like, okay, I want to like, she's, she's angry right now about something like, and I want to shrink down and kind of like hide and be small, but I'm going to consciously like be big, stand my ground and not be thrown off. 
by what mm. she's doing. Mm. And I could immediately see the shift and the change in how she reacted to that totally subconsciously because she didn't know I was doing it at the mm. time. Right. And so it's just little things like that. That's like being immovable. Obviously you don't want to just be some big emotionless robot, <laughs> but, but being like, this is me, this is who I am. I'm not going to be moved or swayed or thrown off my purpose or whatever is so powerful. And that's both like a mental and a physical thing, right? Like okay. yeah. masculinity is your state of being. I think, I think a lot of people know physically what masculinity is, is like, you know, it, or stereotypically, at least it's, you know, you're, you're big, you're strong, like you're a masculine dude. Right. But they don't know like the mental counterpart to that. And so you have a lot of like really big physically masculine dudes who are mentally not exhibiting that same behavior and vice versa. You could have like, some guy who's, you know, physically not a huge dude or anything, but could still be super masculine in his presence mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So, you know, women are always kind of subconsciously testing you both ways. Uh, like, you know, my fiance, she's a fiery little Italian lady. And, uh, she likes to just like, I don't know, when we, when we, I don't know, argue a little or flirt or whatever it might be, she, she'll like charge at me like full force, like where she's, you know, like I'm the running back and she's the linebacker. And it's yeah. like, every time she does it, I'm like, why are you so violent? You know? And I realized that she's just, whether she realizes or not, she's testing me if I'm going to like get knocked over by her or if she's going to bounce off me like a wall and okay, he's solid. Like I'm, I feel safe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause then when they feel safe, like you said, they can relax into the feminine and help balance us out. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and when, when you don't exhibit that masculine, you're let's, let's say you're not like, like, let's assume you're a naturally pretty masculine guy. Like everyone has kind of a, a set point and your counterpart is pretty naturally feminine. And we all have these natural set points that is like our kind of perfect spot of homeostasis, like along the masculine feminine spectrum. Mm -hmm. And if we get thrown too far off for too long, things start to go wonky. And there's this balance in the middle, right? It's like two magnets, right? You have the positive masculine, they're magnetized, they're opposite, they meet in the middle. And if you start to kind of like magnetize one way, then to balance that out towards the middle, your counterpart's going to move more towards the masculine. Mm -hmm. And then that's where like you get too masculine going, you start button heads. It's like two big horn sheep, like going at it. Right. That's right. And, uh, and that is something that I wasn't stepping into for a long time. And so she would have to exhibit more masculine. And so that would throw her off her natural ability to relax. And then we would just, and then it would make, and then it would make it really hard for me to step it back into my masculine and that sort of thing. So it's like, it just creates this like place you don't want to be. And so it's kind of finding that natural set point. Some people are like, if you have that spectrum, you have that middle balance point, you have the spectrum. Some people might be at like both ends. Other people might be, you know, some people are both right in the middle. They both have an even balance and that kind of works sometimes. Yeah. There's yeah. probably not going to be a ton there's not as much polarity. So there's probably not going to be as intense of like physical attraction and passion that way, but it can balance. It can work. Yeah. Oh, so. like, absolutely. But the thing that I often see is you're right. There's that tension that sits there, but I, 
there is a number of people I see where the, the man is actually 100% feminine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and sure. so the woman has to, to polarize it, has to step all the way over and is the one that does, you know, the finances, runs the kids, pays the bill, like does all mm. these sort of masculine things. And then you just see how they operate and you can see that they're actually a lot of the females that I see in that space are just frustrated females because they're so out of alignment with what they need to be. But because their man is just, you know, a people, and most of them are the people pleasers, right? They are, they're soft. They're a people pleaser. They'll bend with the wind at any point in time. And so it's like trying to grab those men and say, dude, like come back over here. It doesn't mean that you become an arrogant asshole, right? That's not what it's about. And that's what people confuse. Like they get confused that, you know, someone who's strong in their masculine is this, you know, um, patriarchal, you know, um, oppressor. It's not the case. It is just someone who can, when the female in their feminine is absolutely in the chaotic flow and throwing stuff at you, and this is like, you know, laying all the emotions out and everything else, you can just stand true, you can hold space for them, you hear them out, you listen to them. You don't react knowing that that is just their stuff that they, they, they want to express. It's not about you. It's not personal. Allow it. Let them know that you've heard them. I hear you. I feel you. And then you say, okay, now what can we? Ha- what can I do? Like what can we do? Or it might be the fact they just needed to vent because of something else that took place. And all you did was hold that space. And then they go, oh, cool. I actually found that. Whereas if, if all of a sudden the first thing they say, you take it personally and you're throwing stuff back at it back at them, then you just end up in this masculine, masculine argument. And it basically it's the children having the argument that you never dealt with. And so for me, that's the key thing about it. You know, and as you said, there's, there's traits. There's like, um, I liked one of the guys on one of the courses I did pretty much said, so who's paying the bill? And this isn't about whether men should or should not pay the bill right but just have a think like is the woman always the one calling for the bill and standing up to that that's really the masculine in her that's doing that it's the logical process driven activities it's not the creative flow feminine side of things and it's okay for every now and then for a woman to go up and say i'm going to pay the bill but ultimately where are you uh-huh. standing up you know like myself and my wife um you know we've been married 22 years um you know yeah. and we've been there a lot like a fucking lot and um we like we go date night every wednesday night like that's the one night no one else can do it like i do book nothing in it's date night and so she kept saying i'm the one that's always organizing things like when are you going to stand the fuck up like when are you going to start to organize that i'm like that's a good point and i could have this excuse yeah but you know you're doing your 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 home business but i've really got my corporate job and i'm really busy all day and i'm really tired i'm like fuck off that's excuses you know like stand up and say we're gonna go here i've booked the restaurant this is where we're going be ready you know make sure you know we're leaving at quarter six or whatever the time happens to be right just take control they they want to see that you've got this and you're actually the one organizing things or be vulnerable. You go, look, I'm really tired today. I'm really struggling to get this organized. I got a lot of work. Do you mind? Can you do this for me? And just ask it. Just don't do nothing. You know, like don't sit in that middle ground and sit there and go, I just didn't do anything. And then you don't know what's happening. So yeah, there's a lot, lot yeah. to unpack in this space. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example. Like one thing I always say is, you know, if, so there's always that, oh, where do you want to go eat? Where do you want to go eat? Where do you want to go eat? Back and forth. And 
what she wants is for you to say, let's go here. Now she may say, oh, I don't want to go there, but at least you took initiative and you put it out there and you say, okay, fine. How about we go here? And that's why women love like a fancy date night, right? Yeah. It's not so much about like they want everything about like a fancy date night is about them getting into their feminine, right? Like dressing up nice in a dress, makeup, hair, all that stuff, right? Makes them feel nice and pretty and feminine. Yes. And also, oh, you booked the place, like you did everything, the planning. I can just relax and be along for the ride. They love, that's why they love, it's not like they, they are like, oh, well, I would just really want him to spend a lot of money on me. You know, like it's not, that's not what it is, even though it no. may appear like that on the surface. It's really just, I want like an experience where he could be the man, I could be the lady, masculine, feminine, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think, I think you touched on that really well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's simple <laughs> things like that. It's just like, it's creating that awareness, right? And like you said, uh, the other thing you said about, you know, there are going to be those times, Hey, you know, I'm really tired. I got a lot on my plate. I just, tonight is one of those nights. Like I can't deal with it and that's mm -hmm. fine. And you communicate that and you do have times where you flip flop roles. Like yes. sometimes big masculine dudes, they need a shoulder to cry on. They need yeah. to switch into the feminine here and there. And then the feminine person, let's say the lady needs to be that shoulder to cry on and that strong presence once in a while. Right. But then again, you kind of swap back. So it's flexible, mm. right? But it's, oh, it's always balanced. Yeah. I mean, women want to see men stepping into the feminine. They want to see that, you know, yeah. um, you know, they want Everyone to see the man. Sides. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, the, the women want to see their man dancing naked to a crazy song. Right. And that's just giving you the complete creative letting go and just being, you know, just being chaotic and run with it. And, and the women love that as well, because they can see that the man can touch, can touch into it or go, go Hey, I want to share something with you. That's deep in me at the moment, you know, and just allow them to hold the space for you. So you're just swapping roles, but they want to be able to see that you can transition up and down the spectrum. But in most terms, you know, where we can sit fairly solid in the masculine and go from there. So, um, um, I'm aware that we've, uh, you know, we're, we're probably a bit over the hour allocated that we would normally <laughs> do this. Uh, this. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I, I've loved the chat. Um, what um, what I, I tend to do with, with, with a podcast is to close out. Um, and look, I'd, I'd love to get you back on another point in time, Ruff, for us to continue a conversation. There, there's a number of men that I have been sure chats with. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of these <laughs> sorts of things that, you know, sometimes we have to define it. And uh, speaking of the masculine, like I'd better probably put, put a stop in on this. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I do, because this is mainly targeted at men or for women to actually hopefully get their men to listen to this podcast. It's about men being vulnerable and actually doing that. But one thing I like to ask my guests is, is there a message, you know, I know it's a million dollar question, but is there a message that you could just, you know, say, put out if, if, uh, if you're dealing with a man or dealing with that, just a message you think there's something they could think about doing or, or something they could do that would just help shift you know, the mindset, you know, um, help them start to be a bit more aware of who they are and, and maybe some advice that you would like to give just to, to close out. Yeah, I would say the first thing is, you know, focus on becoming that man that you want to be. So most of us have an area of our lives that 
like let's let's say health wealth relationships that we feel is lagging maybe or that we're not happy with so let's say it's our health okay take charge of that go take care of that go start making progress you don't have to be ripped tomorrow but you got to start making progress right you're not happy with your finances okay what can you do to fix that can you get better with your money can you make more at your job can you start a business whatever take care of that so figure out what that is start moving towards it how whatever that might look like secondly to create awareness like you talked about i'm going to easy one is just i'm going to refer back to that book if you haven't read it way this pure man is a great primer on all things masculine feminine uh i've i refer that book to people all the time uh so i would start there and then just beyond that practice it put it into like don't just read the book like a lot of people read books and then that's it and a week later you can't remember more than like 5% or the very main message which you could have just gotten off the back cover you know what i mean or reading one chapter so like so many people and this is why i read my books it takes me a long time but i read every book with two different highlighters i read i have my regular yellow highlighter i highlight kind of important information and then I have my orange one that is like for quotes, things that kind of just stand out on their own. And so I can now it's now I got this reference book. It's also a more active form of reading as you're going through, like you can't just space out for a paragraph. And so it's that and then rereading, reapplying, thinking, how can I put this into my life? And that's what it's all about, because there's so many people and I did this for a long time. I consume, consume, consume but I would under apply. And mm. that's where it becomes internal. That's where at a certain point it becomes automatic where it's like learned, you know, it's like getting on that bike for the first time and you're all wobbly. And then eventually you don't even have to think about it. But most people it's like, they do it once or twice. And so now every time they go back to that bike, it's wobbly. They didn't really fully get it, fully learn it, fully implement it or internalize it. Mm. And so to summarize, the three steps would be figure out what that area is that you need to improve. Confident about yourself because once whether that's you know great relationship. If you if you like at all found this interesting, which I know you probably did because I would have listened to it a couple of years ago. Check out that book and then just apply the heck out of it and whatever else you learn. Those are, that would be my three steps. Awesome, man. I, I really appreciate uh, you know you providing that summary at the end. Um, and, and I think you know, a lot of people will actually take away from that. Um, I'd like to you know thank you for your time. I know it's uh, evening over in Arizona. Um, so Friday evening. So it's a, if you're doing a nine to five, it's ready to knock off work for the week. If, if you're not, it's just a Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, Sunday yeah, morning. It's another night. Yeah, another night, Sunday morning over here in Melbourne. But um, again, I really appreciate the time. You know, you, you've allocated well over the hour. Um, I know that uh, the listeners are going to get a lot out of this episode as well. Um, so yeah. all the best um, with the uh, the Not Most People podcast. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think I really love that concept, uh, because exactly right. We need more people to be, you know, based on not the most, we, in fact, 
that's where we want people to get to. We want the most people to be the critical thinkers, the the people who are questioning everything, even questioning their own belief system when they're questioning someone else. You know, like that's yes. the whole thing. Don't just hold on to that. If if the evidence is provided to you, actually makes you go, fuck, maybe I was wrong, then be willing to admit that and actually explore more rather than just being stubborn. It's about that openness and and and, and completely exploring. So so again, thanks, man. Um, you know, good luck with uh, when's the wedding in uh, next March. All right. Good luck with all the preparations for that, because I know that that can be chaotic oh, in its own. So uh, good luck standing in your masculine as that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll definitely need to uh, keep that all in mind for sure. All right. All right. Um, have a pleasant evening again. Th- thanks, Brad, for being open and, and talking about your journey. And uh, we'll definitely chat again soon. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a lot of fun. All right. Please. Take care. Hey, um, yeah, what, what a great chat uh, with Brad on the way through that. Um, as I alluded at the start, there was, um, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about Brad, but I certainly, you know, we all know a lot more about him now. Um, he's clearly, you know, been on an amazing journey. As I said, like, as a guy in his 50s, seeing someone in their 30s who is going to be bringing up the next generation of kids and even himself and his partner being in this conscious space, I just, you know, makes me feel better about the fact where the world's going to be and it's that uh, you know having people like brad with this the critical thinking and the willingness to question you know the indoctrination that's taking place i think is an awesome thing so definitely look go and check out his podcast the not most people podcast i know you can also find uh, um brad um on bradley roth um on instagram so go and look and find him up there so uh, that's it for episode 40 of the Unearthed Man podcast. Um, as you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. So have a beautiful day and seeing you. Much love and peace, Milvo.